0: The Jet Copic Podcast Network Two Angry Men A podcast featuring a legendary baseball
1: player And a legendary sports broadcaster Two Angry Men And now here's your hosts Jack Copic and Denny McClain Hi, right, before we start rocking and rolling with Denny McClain I want to remind everybody Hey, if you live in the suburbs There is only one way to go when you want transportation That's going to provide you with courtesy, comfort absolutely the best in service you know what I'm talking about for years and years the name American Taxi has resounded with class and quality throughout the entire Chicagoland area if you're thinking about the trip to O'Hare Field the trip to Midway Airport maybe you and a bunch of the guys want to hop in a cab from one of the suburbs could be Barrington could be Winnetka could be Arlington Heights could be Glen Allen for a trip downtown for dinner maybe a game at the United Center you know what why not have that designated driver seat so and just sit back and relax? Hey, take it from me, Chet Coppen, as a long time, as a long time fan of the great people at American Taxi, and you don't earn, you don't earn, the branding. You don't earn the status that American Taxi enjoys by just going out and being haphazard. You do it by treating people on a first class basis by treating every customer as if that customer is the only individual you're going to have the entire day. Trust me, American Taxi absolutely unsurpassed. All right uh, Campfire boys and girls gather around this time once again for two angry men to get together. Copic in Chicago, the former thirty one game winner, Denny McLean up in Motown. Uh, mister McLean, I'm going to make this one short and sweet. I am tired of members of my profession, members of the so called Media, uh, many of whom don't know a football from a hockey puck, bashing Peyton Manning because of one bad throw in the Super Bowl. Here is a guy who has been Rembrandt, Michelangelo, Robert Redford, and Marlon Brando, and one bad throw, and in the eyes of certain media people, that now defines his legacy. In other words, I'm saying, for the most part, my profession is stupid.
0: Well, uh, we can argue all day that uh, stupid would be a good level to call a sports writer, but uh, I'm not sure if it's that high, stupid. Uh, here, here, Here's what I want to say. Peyton Manning may be the best quarterback to ever play the game of football. Uh, he may not have, and I've always said this, I don't think he's got the greatest mechanics in the world, but he's the smartest quarterback God ever put on the playing field. It, take Peyton Manning out of their offense, and that club can't beat anybody. Now, yeah maybe they'll beat a few teams now if you take some of the other quarterbacks out of some of these offenses they'll still play relatively well for where they are you know i'm talking about any number of clubs including phoenix and uh you know even new orleans i think new orleans would still have a pretty good year they may not have won the super bowl but they would have done very well now um Everybody gets criticized in the great games, uh, baseball, football, basketball, football, of course. Peyton Manning being the star he is, he's a target. He wears a target right between his eyes. And writers, I always have suspected when they really go out of their way to rip a player such as the stature of Mr. Manning, that writer, and let's not be kidding ourselves... That writer bet a few dollars on that particular football game and took a beating. He got beat like everybody else did. Um, I chose not to bet on the game at all because I just thought that, uh, if ever a game in the history of the NFL was going to be an upset, New Orleans was going to be the upset team this year. All right, let, just me this. Let, let me add this.
1: Let me add this to the mix. What would you say if I told you there are a bundle of media people, in my opinion, who cover a guy like Peyton Manning, who's good looking, doing enough television commercials to last four lifetimes, making a ton of dough. He's the All-American boy. They are jealous of Peyton Manning. So the first time in the big game environment, not the first time, but in this particular occasion down in Miami, Super Bowl Forty Four, the bad pick, the jealousy has a chance to manifest itself by the campaign of let's bash Peyton Manning.
0: Well, I'm not sure, you know, I, I, maybe some of that's true, but what I'm saying about Manning is this, he's, he's. you know, I hate like hell to use this term, he is the Tiger Woods at one time of the NFL, the guy has never done anything wrong in his life that we know of, maybe Archie, his dad, would kill him if he ever did, but... <laughs> Uh, this kid never seems to ever get upset about anything. He takes everything in stride. He gives his players hell uh, when they don't do what they're supposed to do on the field. I think he is the quintessential of the perfect of the perfect athlete. Now, you know, tomorrow we'll find out he's going out with forty-eight hoes, and uh, you know he's, he's he loves animals and bed and things like that. That's what we're going to find out tomorrow. But he is the athlete as far as I'm concerned, he's the athlete of the decade right now, as far as his ability to produce and win and do the things. Now, now how, how in
1: the devil can you call in the athlete of the decade over Tiger Woods? Explain that one to me.
0: I'm not talking about winning. I'm talking about Conduct. I'm talking about an example for kids. I'm talking about an example for society. A guy who's never done anything wrong. That we, Hell, this guy may not even go to the bathroom, for all we know. I mean, that's <laughs> how clean this guy seems to me to be. And if you want to talk about the athlete of the decade, uh, for winning, for, for doing all of the things inside a game, yeah, you go with Tiger Woods. But if you take it one degree further and you start to put a man's character on the line, including... Uh, in in the vote for man of the decade peyton manning is probably the guy i can't his commercials are funny as hell he seems to enjoy being in front of the camera he you never hear him negative by anybody it's uh it's you know it's too good to be true and god forbid that that it is too good to be true but you know what so far if he isn't this kind of a guy, he's fooled everybody real well, and nobody's talking right now. Hey, I mean, my friend, he's, uh, he's been terrific.
1: You know, I I hadn't watched the NFL Network ten minutes in my entire life until the Saturday night before the ball game. So I, I flip it on, and I'm not kidding you. Now at Denny, it's less than twenty four hours to kickoff time. What do people want to know around the country who follow the National Football League? Hint, hint. Who should I bet on? Should I parlay? I mean, they, they want tidbits of information. I'm not kidding. Here is this blonde bimbo sitting at the anchor desk talking to Tom Waddle, former uh, wide receiver with the Chicago Bears. And what, what riveting topic are they debating less than one day before the Super Bowl? What's the best host city to hold the game? Who the bleep cares for God? You can have it in Keokuk. It's all about betting on TV numbers. That's what's
0: wrong, excuse me, that's what's wrong with a lot of talk radio. Nobody's got any substance, nobody's got any ability to reach out and get stars on the show to interview at least. You know, the easiest thing, listen, you and I have been around this business a long time, the easiest thing to do is to find somebody in the media in the sports world or otherwise, and get them on the air interview them. They all want to be interviewed. Every one of them oh, want yeah. to be interviewed. You may have a schedule this or schedule that, but it doesn't take a brain-dead goof to just reach out and get a guest. I mean, when they start doing this, well, what's your favorite color in San Diego? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the idiocy of, of the entire thing is just crazy. Now, listen, let me move on here. Well, I mean, we're, we're spending way too much time at Peyton Manning. Mr. Verlander, who was our Tiger ace with the Detroit Tigers, just signed a four- or five-year deal for $80 million. Yes, sirree, folks. Count them. One through 80. $80
1: million. He'll blow his arm out before the uh, length of that contract has uh, expired. He'll blow his arm out.
0: Here's a guy that hasn't won 20, hasn't won a Cy Young, hasn't come close to an MVP. He's got an ERA right around 4 as a major league pitcher, gets 80 million dollars, and guess what comes out of his mouth, folks? You won't believe it. His mission in life, now I'm paraphrasing, his mission now in life as a major league pitcher with the Detroit Tigers is to get inducted in the Hall of Fame, oh, not to God. win a pennant. There's a guy who's got 5 complete games in 5 years talking about the Hall of Fame.
1: It goes back to my point about Burt Blylevin. 254 complete games. Do you realize, Kenny, do you realize Burt Blylevin had more games during his career, and Blylevin is not a member of the Hall of Fame, and there's no justification for Burt Blylevin not being in the Hall of Fame. Burt Blylevin has more complete games than the Detroit Tigers, the Chicago White Sox, or any team in Major League Baseball will have as teams over the next 20 years
0: you know i gotta tell you something the year i won 30 i had 28 complete games
1: that's incredible incredible.
0: and i I, when i look at the statistics today and i see an entire league that didn't have 28 complete games you begin to wonder what the hell has happened to the game by the way they are talking about raising the mound again a couple of three four inches that would help a great deal Uh give people a little bit more velocity and quite possibly help the speed of the ball games too because the pitchers will get a few more guys out that would be a good thing for baseball now we've got mikey vick mikey vick you got to help me with something here
1: Uh, i'll be glad to denny i'm here i'm here if nothing else but to help you my friend
0: (laughs) here to be my friend um i'm just not going to sit on your lap for obvious reasons listen um mikey vick Who is the great quarterback now from the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, won a sports, and we forgot to talk about this, won the sportsmanship award for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I guess they didn't talk to any veterinarian in town or ask the dogs. And then he says his whole life is now about God. Can you, can somebody help me with this, please?
1: Why, why do, why do athletes go that route? You know, come on. I mean, You know what that 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 insults the senses of the human race when when guys when guys go that route i mean that's I, I I was talking to a good friend of mine uh the other night his name is Harvey Wittenberg he was the uh long time public address announcer for the uh Chicago Blackhawks, still on the payroll as something of a uh, an historian. he said the greatest p r campaign of all time was Jesus Christ now now Michael Vick's saying my life." is all about God, I find that to be just about as funny as what Harvey said about the PR campaign for Jesus, which, by the way, played extremely well in Bethlehem but is still on hold in Cheyenne, Wyoming. <laughs>
0: you know, every once in a while you come up with a good one. They, uh, putting God into their life is a good thing, but God and Michael Vick, somewhere all of a sudden God must have appeared at one of the veterinarians to show him where God used to live. Uh, but you know, you gotta talk at the sportsmanship award. I guess, I guess they gave it to him because he persevered this year and was able to stand up to a lot of the criticism that he got from place to place, city to city. I mean, even Buffalo's got some kind of a uh, program going on. They're trying to get him to come to Buffalo. Hell, there's a lot of dogs, two-legged dogs in Buffalo. He may not want to go there. Uh, But you know what? I I, I can't stand it. I don't take it. I don't accept it. How
1: many many two-legged dogs did you have in Kansas City over the years?
0: Now, listen. Um, I want to talk about the, the the thing that's gotten off the front burner for quite some time is the Barry Bonds trial. Uh, Barry Bonds says he was going to go to trial, and one of his attorneys leaked six, seven months ago that they can't convict Barry Bonds because they don't have any witnesses against him. The government just announced their witnesses for a trial, which will take place sometime this year. Do you know how many witnesses they've got that claim they saw Barry Bonds and know that Barry Bonds... Uh, was taking steroids. Now, not too many now they don't have, but take a guess between 1 and 50.
1: Ah, 4.
0: 39. You're kidding me. 39 witnesses.
1: Well, if those 39 witnesses have been available, then why didn't former Attorney General John Ashcroft six years ago get a hold of these people who were prepared to testify against Barry Bonds?
0: Well, I disagree with you. I think it was a different kind of investigation. That one was run in a, in a much more private nature. In other words, what I'm saying is they didn't want any names to get out, so they didn't put any names on the board. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they, this thing was supposed to be, uh, Not objective. It was only supposed to be subjective and totally in favor of Major League Baseball. And that's what they wound up with. They wound up with a wash job. I mean, and that's what they're going to have. But I'll guarantee you one thing. If you've got 39 witnesses, if you've got two witnesses in the federal system, you're dead because those people testifying against Barry Bonds or some other bad guy is going to say whatever the government wants to hear so they don't go to jail, too. That's the nature of the game with the feds. Bonds is done. Uh, I suspect now, with 39 witnesses about to take the stand to get him, that Mr. Bonds will indeed uh, cop a plea. I don't think there's any question. Now, speaking of guys who've been in jail, Mr. Stallworth came to Detroit today uh, and was Lovely, trying man. out for the Detroit Lions. Mr. Wow. Stallworth, of course, Lovely, is, the spli- is the wide receiver and uh, w- went to jail for 30 days. Uh, D.U.I. killed a guy, bought his way out of killing the guy when he was D.U.I., and now we got him in Detroit. It looks like they're going to sign him, too. What do you think of that, Big Chester, the monster? Well, you
1: know, here's what's kind of interesting, Denny, because I was going to bring this to your attention. I logged on to uh, VegasInsider.com today, and the props are already up for uh, Pro Football 2010-2011. Uh, 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 you, you'll be happy to know that the Detroit Lions are listed at 80-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Dante Stallworth should be nowhere near a football field. But but mind you, you know, Denny, it's become very fashionable for the last month or two for the NFL to talk about its great concern for head injuries. Don't buy it. You're too intelligent to buy it. Some of the public will buy in. Listen, you know as well as I do, and this holds up for all sports, baseball, football, basketball, football players are nothing but oversized checkers. On a checkerboard. This league doesn't give a damn about yep. head injuries. It's concerned about TV money. For heaven's sake. You think this league worries that Harry Carson, the brilliant linebacker for the Giants, or a guy like Comrade Dobler, who was one of the most wicked offensive tackles of all time, that they're walking around right now like they're, uh, uh like they're punch drunk fighters holding tin cups, selling ties? Hell no! They sell
0: I, I, Chad, I gotta tell you something. Baseball is, is not far behind that kind of conduct either. They have never, never taken care of anybody in the, in the great, you know, individual teams have reached out and helped some of their guys. Detroit used to be very good when Mr. Monahan was here, when Jim, when Jim uh, Campbell was still alive. They took care of the guys. But since we got this new ownership with this new, with uh, Illich, the pizza guy, all he cares about is his Red Wings. And of course, if they don't play well there, they, they're on a ship to uh, Winnipeg anyway. But it is amazing. Uh, how far they have gone to allow these, these players, former players, to suffer. Although, on the other hand, they chose to play the game. They know the downside to the game. So, I mean, there's always two sides to any of this. But I agree with you. These leagues need to set up something to take care of these guys. And I don't know about the guys you talked about, if they've got money, Uh, if they got serious money still put away and they're able to handle all of their medical bills. Cause Lord knows the older you get, the more of these damn medical bills you get. It's horrible. The older we get, how much worse we get. Uh, one other thing. Uh, Johnny Damon, they're rumoring, is to come, is coming to Detroit. Now, they talk about him going to Atlanta. You know, and everybody in this town is ripping him. Everybody in Detroit is ripping Johnny Damon. You know, Johnny Damon hit 280 something last year. Johnny Damon hit a bunch of home runs. He's 38 years old and can still play. We've got 24 other guys who can't play dead.
1: And you you play. got you got Curtis Granderson who who oh. takes the wrong routes to fly balls and misjudges fly balls like nobody's business, like nobody's business, and your fans are bum rapping Johnny Damon.
0: Yeah, but Granderson's now a Yankee. He went to the Yankees. Oh, that's
1: right. Uh, E1 if you're scoring.
0: Right. So Damon now is a guy that we could use. He could show guys how to play. Listen, he's not going to have the kind of year this year that he had last year, even hitting only 280, 285. And the reason why is because we don't have good hitters hitting behind him. No matter where they put him in the lineup, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have an inch behind him hitting 230. We're going to have uh, some of these other guys that can't play dead, and they're going to be in the lineup. This is going to be one of the longest years in Tiger history. And if I'm wrong, I will walk from here to Chicago in a golf cart.
1: Hi, my good friend, uh, proud Irish Catholic Chicagoan. Yes, I am. This really burns me up. Omar Vizquel, Louis Aparicio, number 11 for the Chicago White Sox. The best. Along with Ozzy Smith, one of the two greatest defensive shortstops your game has ever produced. Some no would questions. say he is the greatest. White Sox retire his number. Well, poor little Omar has worn 11 all his life and just can't live without it. So what does he do? He claims he went to Aparicio. The fact is, the White Sox went to Aparicio. The White Sox are going to unretire Louie's number and allow Omar Biscayle to wear it this year. What have you oh. done? Yeah. You have cheapened the Hall of Fame credentials of a ball player who gave you heart and soul during his entire career in Chicago. Aparicio should be pissed off because I'm pissed off.
0: Yeah, I, uh, um, that, that's hard to believe. I mean, the ownership of the White Sox didn't step up and say no.
1: Oh, I mean, This, come on, this no. is,
0: Louis Aparicio. Uh, listen, I played against some folks. He was the greatest shortstop I ever saw. He had the best hands I ever mm-hmm. saw. He made plays that you wouldn't believe. And not only did he make the plays, the real tough plays, but Louis knew how to play a hitter. Louis, you know, we hear so much today about guys watching tapes and, and watching the, the tendencies for a guy on, on certain uh, strikes, balls and strikes at times. Louis Aparicio did that long before there was video cams. Long before people sat for hours in a uh, air conditioned luxury box inside their major league clubhouse, Louis did that a long time ago. There were a lot of guys that did that back then, but Louis was probably the best and you know what else as, as i as I recall Louis so he was just walking class all the time i don 't think he yes. ever said a bad word about anybody. he just
1: you know the, the way that. you can sum it up
0: he just enjoyed being there. he was that kind of a
1: guy. Uh, all right, my friend. Uh, what what are you less interested in right now? And uh, oh, these the, are big time choices. The
0: NBA, the NBA. Uh, I, I think the, the,
1: the NBA, the NBA slam dunk contest on Saturday night. Which, by the way, I am seeing one of the last meaningful NBA slam dunk contests back in '85 uh, in Indianapolis with Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins when it really mattered. I don't even know who the three Palookas in uh, this year's uh, uh, contest are. Oh. Or or hello, are, are you are you even aware that 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 the Olympics are are opening up in Vancouver on Sunday? I mean is, is no, new, as I can I'm, tell know where it, it, you know, they got the big it's they the got, best got the, kept big secret in the world.
0: Yeah, they got the big celebration opening up Friday night and we're all going to be watching our TVs. I guess maybe then we'll get into it and we'll start to see we don't have anybody we can identify with yet in in our Olympics for the United States. And right now I would rather watch Danica Patrick go around the track oh, hell yes. and turn then Hell watch yes. the NBA All-Star mm-hmm. game or even watch the Olympics until this thing heats up.
1: Danny, right uh, now, the only appointment television I have on my calendar from now through Sunday is yeah. watching Danica Saturday drive at Daytona.
0: That's Listen, the only she, appointment TV I've thing. got. She's, she's got a set of testicles on her this young girl. Damn, I, damn right I, I'm she does. Of it.
1: You I know mean, what's cool about goes her? Up is, with
0: the big boys and in the Indy cars you know she comes what's, back to the bubbas and she's beating the bubbas.
1: You know what's cool about her? is she digs and obviously likes to flaunt her sexuality. Yep. But and beneath she it all, she would, she would stand up to a 250-pound linebacker and say, bleep you, get out of my face. Danica, well, here's, here's, Pat- Danica Patrick here. is the essence of a gorgeous badass.
0: Well, here's the best part about her. She doesn't take any BS from anybody, number one. In fact, she's maybe over the top from time to time trying to prove that she is as just as tough and that she can drive just as well. The one thing I respect about her more than anything else, she never suggests that she's a woman first. She always suggests she's a race car driver first, and then she's a woman. And I think that that is admirable. I, she has never tried to take advantage of it. It's taken advantage of her, obviously, because wherever she goes, she was like Tiger Woods. Every time he shows up, another million people were going to watch the ball game, and, and when she shows up, another million people are going to watch her race, make those left-hand turns. I'll be very, my, listen, by the way, I'd let her make my left-hand turn any time she well, me Let me, let me tell you
1: what I was about to say. One night, one night only, you could line up Cameron Diaz, Angelina Jolie, and Danica Patrick who do I want? I want Danica Patrick because if she's as competitive between the sheets as she is on a racetrack, she's going to leave me for dead.
0: But you know, uh, you know, now that we're going to a real bad subject for all of us, uh, let me let me say this. It's
1: first. the healthiest subject in the world. What are you now, talking about?
0: Now, now the show got interesting. Let me tell you. Um, let me tell you. There was only one woman that I ever wanted to be with in my life. If there was one that I could have had. You know what I mean? You know who it yeah. was? Who? Because who? I thought she would be so intense, it would be just the greatest time, greatest you know, two and a half minutes of my life. I, that <laughs> that would have been Chrissy Everett,
1: the Ice Maiden. Kind of ironic, you know Chrissy, what? I, that's that, exactly right. Chrissy Everett her, would have been
0: the epitome for when, me.
1: When I first met her in '75, all I could think was Fantasy F. What I, would, what I would give to get to get little little Ice Maiden from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in the rack for just, you know, as you said, Brittany, in my case, you're two and a half minutes. If I'm lucky, maybe 90 seconds, and I'd bet the <laughs> be under. <laughs> All right, hey, Denny, you know what? Uh, as they say in the trade, always leave them laughing. My good friend, we will uh, get back together again for a little more. Point, counterpoint in seven days. Until then, take good care of Motown. Uh, here is hoping your weather in uh, Detroit is somewhat more... Tropical than the crap we have here in Chicago. Uh,
0: the weather's just been horrible here too. We got a foot of snow and it's nasty, nasty, nasty. But let's all, let's just all kind of hug each other tonight and wish that Verlander gets in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't that just warm oh, your cockles of your life? It does.
1: It's, really, it's, it's Five true. career I've, complete games, and he's talking about the freaking Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, Justin, go to your I, room. You gotta wonder, don't you, what he's drinking? Whatever he's drinking, it works. You got eighty million.
1: Whatever he's drinking, pass it around. Danny, take your care of yourself, buddy.
0: Bye, guys. Take care.
1: Later, my man.